Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. It's great to have you on the Build Your Success podcast today. You know, we're trying to build you so you can build others. We want to build a group and a team of people that are out there making it happen and adding value to each other. We're here today to talk about creating an agile workforce. I've got Kelvin McCree on the phone. Kelvin is the chief learning officer for Laser Focus. He's a founding partner of the Les Brown Maximum Achievement He's also the author of Audacious Authenticity, Leading and Living with Congruency. You know, I met Kelvin at a uh, summit he did in Lakeland here, the Unstoppable Summit, and uh, he's just been a great friend of mine now. We've met a couple times now. So, Kelvin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate you. I uh, I appreciate everything you're doing. You're you're just one of those leaders that I like to uh, follow and get feedback from, doing some great posts out there on LinkedIn and social media, and then, of course, doing some great speeches across the country. So thanks for all you're doing to be a leader. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for all the work you're doing as well, man. I appreciate you. Great work you're doing. So as a guest of the podcast, I always ask our guests what they're passionate about. You were passionate about creating an agile workforce. So give me your definition of an agile workforce, Kevin. Great. Uh, well, let me start by mentioning John F. Kennedy made a quote, uh, that really resonated with me, uh, and have we utilized this quote over many of our presentations. And he says that there's one unchangeable truth, and that is that everything will change. And so change is something that is a constant, whether in your business or in life and organization or if you're leading a team, change is something that we all have to deal with because once we're able to deal with change, then we're able to embrace moments and be able to navigate those moments. And so when we talk about uh, an agile workforce or an agile organization or an agile team, uh, essentially what we are talking about is the ability to adjust direction or adjust operation across change moment. And so we're talking about us uh, shifting swiftly uh, across customer needs, employee needs, as well as in the marketplace. And so change is about shifting and adjusting according to those varied needs that uh, inevitably all of us face. Yeah, that's good. So that's shifting swiftly, being ready to make a move and, and understanding you know, for our listeners, uh, you're going to hear from Cheryl Mays about staying the course, and we don't want to be contradictory here. So this is this is being agile, but it's not getting off course. And and, and I met Cheryl be, because of Kelvin at a, at his Unstoppable Summit, and and we recorded her podcast. But staying the course, but being able to be agile is actually going in the same direction. So speak to that for me, Kelvin, if you will, because I don't want to be contradictory to our listeners. Yes. Well, staying the course as it relates to 
mental toughness, being able to stay focused, being able to continue to move forward, uh, being agile is simply ebbing and flowing as you are moving forward. So agility is not counter to uh, staying focused. It is not counter to uh, staying the course. Uh, it literally means that as I'm going through the course, and all of us have seen this in our businesses, where there are market changes, what we have to adapt in order to continue to move forward. Because if we not are not adapting, and we've seen this with uh, Toys R Us, we've seen it with Sears, we've seen it with Radio Shack, Kmart, Gap, any of those, any of those organizations or companies, uh, inability to change with the market so that you can continue to move forward. So because uh, some of the examples that I just used didn't were not agile, they no longer were able to continue to stay the course. Those were great examples of not being agile. Do you have any examples of, of being agile? Were, were some success stories of, of being this swift to change and, and shifting swiftly? Yeah, I'll just give you a great example. On yesterday, uh, one of our clients, uh, Salon Dulay of Veda, a uh, young lady that we've had had a chance to work with, their entire salon of uh, right around 50 employees with the Aveda Corporation. Uh, and one of the things that she did was because the, of the changing needs of employees who now need it as opposed to your traditional management system where it was about annual performance reviews or simply driving performance that did not include coaching your staff. We were able to help her to make that pivot and to move to a, from a traditional management system to a coach management system. So as opposed to driving people, now you're asking intuitive questions. You're helping people to develop an agile mindset. You're helping people to move from transactional to transformational. You're doing coaching in the moment. Well, as a result of that and some of the other changes she made, uh, she was just uh, listed on the cover of Salon Magazine, National Magazine, uh, because of her cutting-edge approach to how she led her staff and how she built her team. So she literally is one of the fastest-growing salons in, in the salon of Veda chain. And you're helping her do that, this pivoting from management to coaching. That, that's such a great transition to make. And being agile, uh, it, it leads to knowing where you're going and, and heading in that direction, but being willing to change it and change as you mature and grow into leadership, you're going to have to do things differently. So that's great. So how can we individually benefit from being agile? Well, one of the, well, several things. One is, is that our mental lenses, as we become more agile, our mental lenses uh, allows us to orient ourselves in kind of this uh, unique way of understanding not only just the experience, but having our mental lens because we have this mindset that it's able to adapt to changing conditions. We're able to then correspond that mental framework and that mental lens. We are able to connect that to our actions and to our responses. So in other words, your mindset for an employee 
or as a business affect both your thinking, your learning, and your behavior. So you so think about this. It affects your thinking, your learning, and your behavior. So this ability to adapt how you're thinking about something, what we call either an open mindset or a closed mindset, that mindset will determine how you approach whatever the, this market disruption or whatever the circumstance is as an employee or as a business owner. So this change management uh, really is critical because, and the mindset is critical to change management because it helps you facilitate effective change. So we've all seen businesses, again, or, or staff that was not able to uh, adapt to changing employee needs. Uh, and so if we're still using... Um, uh, Old, old systems of how we lead people while our employee needs are changing and our competitors are actually using a more updated system, which includes maybe coaching or uh, doing some of these one, uh, small check-ins where employees are now able to check in with their managers and their leaders. Your, your competition is going to out not only outpace you, but they're going to be drawing greater power. So being able to constantly adapt and change, and that comes with mindset, having a growth mindset. Yeah, I'm currently reading the book Good to Great. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's been been recommended to me several times. Great book. Great book. The business examples and business cases that they use in that book and and shows this iterative cycle and people that were willing to change and, and follow the market. You know, one of the examples he uses is Kroger, and of course they're a national food chain. But they shut down stores. We we don't even see them here in Florida that much because they made a determination: we're going to go after this kind of market, this kind of store, and we're going to grow our business. And so they they made the decision: we're going to change. We're doing. We're not after everything. We're after specific things, and 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 we're willing to change to go after our our new specific targets. So that's that's awesome. I think success is really an iterative process. You gotta be willing, although you're, you're going towards a common goal, you gotta willing to do, to adapt, and you've said that several times. I've got a little presentation I do called Plan, Purpose, Link, Action, and Negotiate. And that negotiation yeah. is, as life changes, we have to change. So, although my, my goal may have a timeline on it, I've gotta be willing, if something major happens in my life, to kind of make a little detour. And I've got to be willing, if if the whole goal is no longer needed, to pull back and say, you know what, that's not going to work in the long term because society has changed. I need to be able to to go towards whatever the new way of doing things is. So I think we got to, as you alluded to, this open-mindedness. What are ways we can change our it's so easy to get into a closed state of mind how can we encourage ourselves to open our mind one of the uh, greatest ways we can open our minds to change is really starting with uh, what you know we call uh, what is known as the sporadic method of learning which literally means that the answer is found in the question and so, so change really begins with our ability 
to ask the right question of ourselves. Uh, in one of the talks that we uh, do, we just did it recently with the government of Wisconsin, uh, one of the, we, we asked five kind of important questions that we believe were important to helping people to embrace change. And the first question that I asked was, was what is your internal compass? Because even though you have things changing in your market, changing in your business employee needs, while there are many things that are changing, the question of what is your internal compass is about what are the things that anchor you down why, while there are organizational needs that are, that, that are changing or, or employee needs that are changing. So change moment is an opportunity for, you, for us to go back and reaffirm core values that we have to ensure that we're anchored. But also, one of the questions we ask, and, and this is this is the really important one, is is what can I what have I learned that brought me to this place of change? What have what what, what have I learned? Where have I been? You know, what emotional or mental things that are in my toolkit that allows me to navigate this change? Uh, and, 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 and then another question that we, that we ask is, uh, is if I don't change, if I remain in this course, if I continue in this pattern, what will become of me? What will become of those that I lead? And what will become of my organization? Well, if I refuse, great. if I refuse to change, if I refuse to adapt, if I refuse to develop an agile mindset or a growth mindset, what will become of me? What will become of those that I lead? And what will become of my organization? Those are great questions. I'm going to back up and, and, and for our listeners, what is your internal compass? Ask yourself that. R- write this down and think through and, and those values that anchor us. You know, we can definitely make changes, but we do not need to change our values. We do not need to change what our anchors are. And when, as, as, this is great advice, Kelvin. As you reaffirm those core values through these questions, make sure your, your, your internal compass is what you want it to be. And then, and then what have I learned that brought me to this place of change? We're not gonna change unless there's a reason to. You know, Absolutely. Mankind likes to be in, in this comfort zone, this place of stuff that we recognize. But in life, we have some major you know, life struggles that force us to change. But we also have some ambitions and some visions that how much more we can do if we change. And I love what you said here. If I remain, what is going to be the outcome? If I, if I keep doing what I'm doing now, what does that look like? Let's, let's say, what does that look like in 20 years? Good mm. stuff, Kelvin. Uh, expound some more on that. I appreciate that. I just want to follow up with those questions because I think they're great for our listeners, listeners to consider. Yeah. And so we, and so what will become of me? What will become of me? What will become of those that I lead? What will become of my organization? It's interesting that, uh, the, 
I was doing some research once on the word becoming, uh, and the word becoming is actually an old English word pronounced becoming. So it's B-E-C-U-U-M-A-N. And it means to evolve into being. So change allows us to go through this evolutionary process to really tap into and unveil and discover latent potential that we did not know existed until the change occurred. So, so, so the, the, I want to employ, uh, uh, all of us that we cannot stop becoming. We cannot stop becoming. We cannot stop embracing change. Uh, and one of the reasons why it's hard for many organizations or businesses or leaders or teams to embrace change is because there is emotional equity in the way that we've always done things. We have emotional equity. We have emotional uh, invest, invested ourselves into a pattern, a principle, and a process of doing things. So change becomes difficult because we are emotionally linked to the way we've always done things. So we cannot stop becoming. That's awesome. And, and, and it's evolved into being. And sometimes doing and doing and doing for the sake of doing. And you can also be guilty of changing just for the sake of change. But, but back to those those questions of those values, and and which is why exactly which is why the values are critical. We don't change for the purpose of changing. There are some values that we have that we want to ensure that even as I change and adapt, that there are some internal anchors that anchor me down. Even as I make organizational changes or even, even as I lead my team across change moments or create this agile workforce, there are still some anchors that I have that even help me with that. That's powerful. And, and I think we also have to recognize that, you know, when Kelvin and I may be working on a project together, his values and his anchors are different than mine. And, and I need to consider that when I'm when we start to work as a team. Now I need to consider his values, and not Absolutely. only my values. I don't have to. I don't have to release my values, and and but I do need to recognize his values, and and appreciate them. And, and Absolutely. So, you know, you talk about when you when you have a one mule, he can pull so much weight. You put two mules together, they pull more than double the weight as they as they yoke together and they work together. It increases, not double. I think it's almost three times as much they can pull because now they're yoked together and pulling together. And, and, you know, I'm always encouraged in team building. That's one of my uh, core values is, is trying to encourage people to work together and recognize each other's strengths and recognize each other's shortcomings and try to shore each other up. So that's good. And I think it works into this creating an agile workforce, being willing to yeah. change and willing, being sometimes the change has to happen because I start to recognize your values and what you're anchored in, and I need to adjust to accommodate that. Mm. It's awesome, awesome, and so and 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 so that's you know this this ability to create this agile workforce is critical. It it you know our innovation is tied to becoming more agile, uh, creating new ways to improve uh, what we're doing. Uh, it, it is important to creating even a purpose-driven workforce. Uh, 
uh, one of the uh, um, people we've worked with um, and talked with um, a little bit ago with uh, CVS and what CVS is actually uh, realizing now, they're actually having to change their model to continue to innovate and create new ways for healthcare delivery systems. And, and so yeah. CVS in the next in CVS in the next five years uh, will be downscaling um, the way that they deliver um, their uh, and, and improve their healthcare system, their pharmacies. All of that is changing. That's all becoming more agile. Uh, so I'm changing, but how can there's some core values? Core value is you know, perhaps do no harm in the medical community. Do no harm, um, but but that's a core value. So then, how do I remain anchored with that core value while still being agile with the market changes? Yeah, that reminds me. I uh, I had a friend several years ago tell me he didn't feel like there were any Edisons or Fords among us. And uh, everything had already been invented. There wasn't anything new to invent. And a few weeks later, I walked into the Home Depot and saw a set of gloves with a magnet on the back of them where you could set your tools or, or the nuts and washers you drop on the ground while you're working on something. And I thought, he's wrong. Wow. There's still inventions to be made. And, and since then, I've seen millions of inventions coming. We, we still have thought and we still have new ideas and, and we new things. We can't limit ourselves to everything's been invented. We, we got to open up and say, you know what, there's something out there I can do or something I can pour in that's new and uh, be willing to change. And, 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 and certainly, you're, you're spot on. Um, and, and even if it's something new not created, uh, becoming agile and adaptive and having a growth mindset will allow you to radically improve upon something that previously existed. Uh, uh, Uber uh, it's one of the largest taxi cab companies, but they own no cars. You know, Airbnb is one of the most uh, innovative and largest uh, hotel chains, but they own no hotels. And so how even even if we're not creating something new, uh, agile mindset, a growth mindset says, well, how can we improve what Seth Golden ca- uh, talked about in his book? How How can we improve or create our purple cow? And make the world a better place. I, I love to use both Uber and the Airbnb. I, it's just so, and the car was already there, and the house was already there. Somebody said, I've got an app that I can get available and accessible. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a growth mindset. How can we adapt? How can we increase? How can we make better what we do? How can we improve upon what what currently exists? And those are some of the questions that as we are creating an agile workforce, those are some of the questions that business owners, leaders, uh, HR departments must begin to ask. So we're not simply maintaining, we are unleashing an innovative, adaptive, purpose-driven, agile workforce by moving from a closed mindset where we just stay the course into a growth mindset where we're constantly adapting, constantly asking intuitive questions. Absolutely. Well, Kelvin, I uh, we're out of time for our podcast today. It's been great talking with you. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Where can they find you on social media? Awesome. You can find us on LinkedIn, uh, on the Kelvin McCree. We are on Instagram, uh, My Laser Focus, uh, Laser Focus on the Facebook, Kelvin McCree is on 
Facebook. We are also on Twitter on across all social media platforms. You can also find our website at mylaserfocus.com. That's M-Y-L-A-S-E-R-F-O-C-U-S dot com. If anyone wants to reach us directly, uh, they can email me at Kelvin, K-E-L-V-I-N, at mylaserfocus.com. And Kelvin, how can they get a copy of your book, The Audacious Authenticity, Leading and Living with Congruency? Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. They can visit our website at mylaserfocus.com, and they can order the book there, and we will ship it to them. Your order is free of charge. It's an amazing book. Uh, we took uh, about uh, 20 of our clients who we have worked with, from Wells Fargo executives to Chick-fil-A executives to hospital executives, uh, pastors, and we uh, interviewed them about the processes that Laser Focus took them through in order to discover their authenticity and how has it benefited them in their life, in their profession, in their family. And we put all of that data and those processes in the book. And so these are real-life stories that are in the book. Those are real processes that we've taken clients through uh, who've seen success in the book. Uh, one of the important things about leadership, as you know, and that is, is that authentic leaders are more greatly trusted by employees than transactional leaders. Authentic leadership is critical to building trust with your team. And so we want to encourage your listeners to uh, buy that book, work through that process. Um, so you can again, and get it audacious authenticity, leading and living with congruency at mylaserfocus.com. That's great. And for our listeners, I'll add that to the description. So I'll add all of Kelvin's contact information you mentioned and his website. We appreciate you listening to the podcast today. Do me a favor. Give me a rating. Give me an honest rating and a review. Share this podcast with others and subscribe. And remember to build yourself and build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.